0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today. Coming up on NBA Today, James Harden sends a message to the Sixers. Just how uncomfortable is he willing to make things in Philly for Daryl Morey? Plus, the FIBA World Cup is coming this summer. USA's roster is stocked with young stars. But which international team poses the biggest threat to a U.S. gold medal? And the Kings caught the NBA by surprise last year. Will the beam remain lit or... Will the Western Conference be hitting the dimmer switch in Sacramento? All that and more next on NBA Today. Welcome into NBA Today. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Richard Jefferson. In for Malika Andrews. Chanae Agumake is here with me in the studio. Yes, Kendrick Perkins is here, but we also have Zach Lowe and Hall of Famer Mark Spears will be stopping by shortly. But let's start the show with the same way we ended you know, free agency a few weeks ago, because you know what? It never, ever stops. Look, I know I'm breaking some news here to some of you, but James Harden is still a 76er. 22 (laughs) days after picking up his $35 million player option with the intention of being traded, Harden still remains in Philadelphia. Earlier this week, Sixers president, Daryl Morey, admitted that Harden prefers to be somewhere else, but said that the team would only trade him for a player that would keep the Sixers a title contender. Now look, James appeared to respond to Maury and the situation on Instagram yesterday, posting, been comfortable for so long, it's time to get uncomfortable. Now look, James has a history of finding his way out of these situations. (laughs) We know this. Look, in Houston, he turned down a two-year, $103 million deal. And then, you know, he's just, you know, there's some things going on in Houston. We've seen this. We don't, Look, Look, he's saying, look, I don't think that there are some things here that can be fixed. He's basically trying to get his way out. you remember
2: these days, Richard. You remember these Houston days? We didn't look. want him to go, but we understood why he left.
1: Yeah, he got his wish. He got out, and he got to one of the most loaded offensive teams that we have ever seen on January 13, 2021. He was traded to the Nets. Everyone said it was scary hours. And then they got eliminated in the Eastern Conference semis. They were a toe away from finishing that. And look, he turned down a three-year, $161 million deal from Brooklyn and requested a trade that February in 2022. Hearing all this makes you feel some type of way. And he got his wish. Where did he go? He goes to Philly. Daryl Morey reunited. Oh, look at the uh, brothers Rose, back Rose. together again. <laughs> Daryl Morey and James Harden loving life. It was beautiful. And then what? He got to Philly, he gets Joel Embiid. Harden did not play great in the conference semis last year, or two years ago, excuse me. And look, he signs a two year, $68 million deal. Now look, Philly was also, they also got a tampering bill. So that was one of the things because they, you know, James Harden gave him a friendly deal so that they can bring in some other players. Then we all know, May 14th, 2023, he does not play great in that semis. They lose again with the MVP and Joel Embiid. So look, he's turned down a lot of money. A lot of things have not been going well. And look, with Harden saying he's going to try and make things uncomfortable, let's bring in the person that makes me mo. Will you fix your shirt, bro? It's a little- It's a little crooked. Right, just you know, give no, us one no, or two this, more this, buttons. This, no. This, yeah. Uh, oh, one, don't do one, it. Don't we'll, yeah, don't, it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Give me one more on this Friday. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be, listen, we'll work on the manscaping. We'll work on the manscaping a little What's bit. What's the smell? Uh,
2: Ooh.
1: Oh. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, drink that in with your eyes. A little big perk and some chest. All right? Look, perk, I want to ask you before we make all of America uncomfortable do you understand where Harden is coming from?
3: No, I don't. And at this point, Harden has zero leverage. Look, at this point in his career, it's not like when he was with the Rockets where he had leverage, where he was still a guy that was viewed as one of the elite players in the game today. They have too many guys right now when you look at the young superstars that are up and coming. And what James Harden has to realize is is that when he opted into this contract, he gave Philadelphia all the leverage in the world. And he cannot afford to go into training camp Disgruntled and say, "Oh, I'm not going to show up, or I'm not going to play." He has to play. You know why? Because he passed up a bag in Houston. He passed up another bag in Brooklyn. Now all of a sudden, you get to this point, just stage of your your career, where you're going on 35 years of age years of age, and you can't pass up or not play because guess what? It's two it's two situations. You look at Russell Westbrook's situation, and kudos to Russell Westbrook, but. The way that he handled the, the Lakers situation, embracing the six-man role, coming in off the bench until he got out of there and all of a sudden he got with the Clippers. Ty Lue gave him new life. The Clippers gave him new life. All of a sudden, he signed the deal this summer. Now, it wasn't the money that he was accustomed to making, but he extended his career two more years. Carmelo Anthony, he was at the league two years, why? Because every time a player gets to this point of his career, he have a hard time realizing that, hey, the league is you know going to in a different direction and I'm not that guy no more so James Harden gotta be careful on how he handled this situation
2: yeah he definitely has to be careful because I know you want to make things uncomfortable for you to get out but you don't want to go somewhere where you are comfortable especially at this point in your career I thought Philly was the best chance at you know the last few years where he's running what did we talk about this pick and roll the most dangerous pick and roll in basketball between James Harden and Joel Embiid he I think led the league and you know, player-to-player, individual-to-individual assist. That combination, that tandem. So good things were happening. Also, he accepted the idea that, hey, I need to become more of a spot-up shooter. We knew James Harden for so many years to be, I do it all the time, step back. Now we need you to just, you know, spot up. Don't laugh at me, Richard. Spot up. And he started learning that role. It allowed, you know, Maxi to flourish. They started to feel like they had something and then always, unfortunately, they fall short. Leaving that situation means you may not be with a contender. And if you're not with a contender, are you comfortable with the place where you're not striving to be great and you're just consistently just who you've been the past few years? The biggest criticism is that you have not been able to get over the hump and you want to be challenged to get over that hump so I think he has to be with a contender not a place where he is just comfortable.
1: No, I, look, I completely understand. Thank God we're going to add a few more rational voices here. ESPN senior writer Zach Lowe and Mark Spears. Well, that wasn't a shot at you, you. worry. Right. I knew that. So, Zach, I'm going to start with you. How do you think Philly should handle this situation?
4: First of all, we need like a one-month moratorium on the word uncomfortable. I'm so tired of hearing it and comfortable, too. I'm tired of it. Philly is handling this about as well as they could handle it, which is not to say they're blameless for how things got to this point. Everybody deserves some blame for how we got to a position that is so precarious For James Harden, for the Sixers, and for the Clippers. But look, what is Philly supposed to do? They're not going to trade him to the Clippers for expiring contracts and other stuff that doesn't help their team right now. And they know this, something they have in their back pocket. There's an obscure little rule in the CBA that says if you're on an expiring contract the way James Harden is, and you withhold your player services for 30 days in the last season of that contract and don't report and are deemed in violation of it, your team, the Sixers, can actually block you from entering free agency the following summer and signing anywhere else. So Philly is betting we're going to wait out the Clippers and hope they get desperate, and we're going to wait out James Harden and bet on him reporting because he knows that rule, or his agents do, and he's a little bit scared of it. But the downside of that is we've seen James Harden report Unhappily before. We've seen him loaf through games unhappily before. And that James Harden, even if he's present, even if he's fulfilling his contract technically, ain't helping Joel Embiid either. And Joel Embiid is still the most important name in this entire discussion because if this thing breaks down in Philly, all the vultures are going to start circling trying to get the MVP out of Philadelphia. I think all three parties here, James Harden, the Sixers, and the Clippers who are sort of ancillary to this are in a very precarious position and
1: this could be kind of a drama that unfolds for a little while. Now, look, now make no mistake. He could have signed a contract before, but he decided to opt in to that contract which complicated a lot of things. I think there's a big story behind that, but Mark, it's been reported that James Harden's preferred landing spot is his hometown, in LA, the Clippers, not the Lakers though. Who would be a bigger threat with Harden? Is it the Sixers? Is it the Clippers?
5: Uh, well, I definitely think the Clippers are, but the Clippers are kind of indifferent now. Like, Daryl Morey wants, like, what did After 7 say? The sun, the rain, the moon, the stars, and the mountains, right? Clippers ain't going to give them the world. They're going to give them expiring contracts. I think the best thing they could do is give them Terrence Mann. And, yeah, they know that James Harden out in L.A. will bring the best out of himself, that he'd love to play with PG. He'd love to play with Kawhi, and they think they'd get the best version of him. But do they want to give up Terrence Mann or, or Boston or Kobe Brown? Like, I, I don't think they're desperate to do that. So I think what they're doing is they're just waiting. They're just waiting, like Zach was talking about. I don't think this gets done before training camp. But I don't expect Harden to sit out. I think he comes to training camp, and the same thing he did in Houston, he'll do in Philly. Ben Simmons also gave him a blueprint on what to do in Philly to get your trade. So I think what, what the Clippers are doing, just sitting back, waiting for that, that that water to boil, and then eventually they're going to be able to kind of get what they want if he ends up going to the Clippers, and it's, it's not going to be a desperation, we got to have him deal like Miami with Dame. The Clippers are in a, a laid-back, wait-and-see situation. They're not desperate to get this deal done.
1: Yeah, the Clippers are in no rush, so they hold a lot of the leverage. I think the biggest loser in this is Joel Embiid. He's had two players request trades, two all-NBA players request trades for a variety of reasons. A lot of it has to do with the front office and how things are handled, but all he's done is be second in voting for MVP, second in voting for MVP, and first and winning it this year. So I feel bad for Joel Embiid, but hopefully they'll figure that out. But still to come on NBA Today, Team USA is set for the World Cup. But they'll be facing some championship level experience this August. Which international team will be the biggest threat to a USA gold medal? Well, Plus, in honor of Slam Ball, we're doing top of the top. Bounciest dunks of all time. Do not try and jump with these individuals. Do you hear me, Big Perk? got to stick around and <laughs> see who made our list? list. I probably didn't. And the Mavs reshuffled <laughs> their roster, but they are betting big on Kyrie and Luka. Will they get this team out of the dumps and back to the playoffs? We'll discuss next on NBA Today.
0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S A V E. Jet's Pizza, better
5: because it has to be. NBA today is brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Taste like Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. The
1: U.S. Women's National Team's quest to a three-peat gets underway tonight as they face Vietnam in the FIFA Women's World Cup. And USA Basketball tweeted out their support earlier today. Oh, six o'clock, six o'clock. Megan Rapino, let's go. Love my team. Love them. But the U.S. men's basketball team has a World Cup of their own coming up in August and their squad boasts plenty of young talent and versatility. The team features six players that averaged 20 points per game last season, led by Brandon Ingram, Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brunson. And look, although the United States came in seventh in the world the last World Cup, there are plenty of examples of players improving drastically thanks to their time with the national team. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown, all average career highs right after their summer playing with the national team. Mitchell and Tatum also received their first ever All-Star selections the following season as well. So back to the panel. The proof is in the pudding. Look, I played for USA Basketball. I was just okay. I was just okay. I was at the end of the bench, but I went from averaging 15 points to 18 points in one summer. You play with the best, you learn from the best, then you go play your best. So that's me. So iron sharpens iron. And there are plenty of real benefits for playing high-level basketball over the summer. Perk, as a person that was never invited to play for USA Basketball, can you tell me which player you think uh, will elevate his game after playing in the World Cup?
3: Well, 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 one, you're wrong, Richard, and I, I believe my brother Mark Spears could prove that you don't know what you're talking about because I actually did have an invite after we won the 2008 championship to actually go to and compete to earn the roster spot, but I turned it down, my brother. So, there you
1: go. So, you're telling us that you did not want to play for the country of the United States. That's that's a weird flex, that's a weird flex. No, no,
3: no, 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 because listen, man, at the end of the day, it's not a weird flex, I'm just proving you wrong, because you're always trying to come on here with your corny (laughs) jokes, but like I was saying, anyway, here we go, here we go, here we go. Don't take me out of my box, don't take me out of my box. I'm in no mood today. So. I'm going with Pablo <laughs> Becquero. <laughs> po- you know why? What's his name? You <laughs> know why? What's, What's his, his name? name? Pablo Paolo- okay. Becquero. There we go. Pablo Becquero. Pablo Becquero. Uh, ben- That's who I'm rolling with from the Orlando Magic. I feel like winning rookie of the year last year, a polarizer figure. He improved his jump shot, shown that he's capable in his first year of being a franchise type of player. And I'm looking forward to see what he has added to his game this offseason and to watch him go against some of the world's best or the world's best and put on a USA jersey.
4: I'm going right with Perk. Perk, we're in agreement. It's Friday. Everyone be nicer to each other, by the way. No tension. Paolo Bancaro. Look, he walked walked in the door in Orlando. He walked in the door in Orlando. Got the keys to the offense. Number one scorer on the team. He's going to be a great scorer in the NBA. I'm interested to see how he adopts how he adapts in this environment to playing with a bunch of other great scorers. I think we're going to see the full breadth of his game come out as a screener, as a passer. He's a really good passer. Maybe he can lean into that as a rebounder. And probably his defense too will be lifted up by the competition around him. So we know he can score. He got the keys to the offense right away. I want to see everything else come out of his game this summer because he's going to be a really great all-around player and he's going to be surrounded in Orlando by other guys like Franz Wagner who can score too so he's going to get he's going to get all that parts of his game working
2: It came down to Paolo Bencaro or Ant Edwards to me, and I think the pressure is more so on Ant to show that he can be that guy because we've asked him to do that in many, and I know it's been a rough couple of years with them trying to build their chemistry, but nonetheless, you can't sleep on the fact that his numbers across the board have increased every year of his career. Points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, steals per game, field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage. And so if he can go and prove amongst this talented collective of young stars that he is that guy, and lead this group, then I feel like that will immediately translate unquestionably to the place where we've really been putting pressure on him, his team. And so we have great expectations based on the talent of the Timberwolves. I think if he gets this experience, and is the guy that I sort of have circled and watched.
5: You know, I'm gonna make the producers mad because I'm gonna switch off of what I said already. Ben is gonna be awesome. So is uh, Ant's gonna be awesome. But Hey, don't sleep on Jaron Jackson and Brandon Ingram. Like, these two guys are monster players, especially on an international level where the three-point line is going to be smaller. I I expect them both to flourish, take their games to the next level, and also use that as, uh, like RJ was saying, take that to bring their game to a higher level next season. So Brandon Ingram and Jaron Jackson, Good luck in guarding them, the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, no, I I think, look, I like seeing Josh Hart on there. I like seeing Austin Reeves. We saw his improvement from last year to this year. Now he's playing on a bigger stage with, uh, I don't want to say he's playing with better players, but it's a different thing. When you're in USA basketball, the whole goal is to not be the weakest link. That's probably why Perk didn't show up. I I feel you, Perk. I completely understand. Look, it's not just the American team. (laughs) I'm not listening to Zach. They're far away. Look, the USA team is not the only team bringing top-tier NBA talent to next month's World Cup. Greece released their extended roster, and it's got Giannis on it. Look, despite an off-season knee surgery, the door is still open for the two-time MVP to play for his country, so I know that that's great news in Greece. Now, Luka Doncic informed Slovenia's Basketball Federation that he intends to suit up for his country in a few weeks. Now, don't forget, Luca erupted for 47 points in a single game against France last summer's Euro basketball that tournament. Was and was huge. And looked to improve upon their quarterfinal exit. And then there's Team Canada. Team Canada is loaded. NBA champ Jamal Murray leads a talent filled roster that includes first team All NBA guard uh, SGA, RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks. There are so many talented players, nine NBA players on that roster, as well as Purdue's Wooden Award winner Zach Eady. Hope that's the right name, Zach. I, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. I haven't watched college in a few years. Look, there's plenty of other NBA talent representing <laughs> uh, their countries as well. Spain is looking to repeat as FIBA World Cup champions. Ricky Rubio was the 2019 MVP, and he's back this year. Australia, France, and Germany will serve as very, very tough competition as they have multiple NBA players on their roster. Look, with all the names on these rosters, Shanae, do you think USA? Should be the favorites to win the World Cup. Why'd you come to me
2: first? Because
1: you have USA Basketball experience. That is true, uh, even
2: though I'm trying to switch it over. but because
1: of family ties, but it's
2: okay. Um, Look, I don't think they should be favorites because I think the pressure is very difficult and the game has changed. A lot of times with USA, the hardest challenge for them, and we know this playing, you know, as someone who's played through the USA system, is that you get together last minute to play and you have to build chemistry, understand the offense, and go out there and perform against people who have been playing together for a long portion of their lives. They already know the plays, they already know the offenses, so I think it's hard to say USA is the favorite. I expect them to win, but I also know the challenges that is being presented by going up against teams that scheme, that understand their systems. So that's the hardest thing. I don't know, RJ, if that's what you experienced as well. Heck yeah, that's okay, what that's we experienced. What I that's why I
1: have a bronze medal in my closet somewhere hanging up because we had 12 guys on a team that qualified for the USA. Take uh, we, we, you'll take it. We qualified <laughs> for the Olympics uh, and then nine players off of that 12-man roster decided not to come. So then we had nine new players yep. and we had two weeks to get ready to for the Olympics it and it was not fun and it didn't go well. Shout out Argentina and their gold medal. But coming up on NBA Today, the Mavs are going all in on Luka and that Kyrie duo. They fell flat in year one, but understandably takes some time. Have they done enough to get back to playoff form? And the Aces are steamrolling everyone. Sorry Cheney They're on a path yeah, to being one of the best teams that we have seen in pro sports. Will they earn a spot amongst the greatest teams of all time? We'll discuss. Plus, Slam ball is back on ESPN tonight. So we are running back the bounciest dunks in NBA history. No trampolines needed for these guys. NBA Today will be right back. who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot
4: waffle? Tonight La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at lq.com.
3: Welcome back to NBA Today.
5: We are off and running in game two here in Boston. Clint Williams three. And now he's
4: having words in the ear of Jimmy Butler.
6: That's just competition at his finest.
3: And they're two on the foul. And they're having words.
1: I just don't know if um, I'm the best person to talk to.
3: Be careful when
4: you post the bear now. That's
3: what he wants. Grant Williams on him.
1: Grant wasn't the answer, was he? To I the Jimmy know. Butler problem. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. Now look, I, might, I know you guys might find this hard to believe, but as a player, I never talk trash to anyone. Maybe maybe just a few people. But so to say that Grant Williams fired up Jimmy Butler at that moment in game two of the Eastern Conference Finals last season, look, that's not really my expertise. I do know that Butler won the game and eventually eliminated the Celtics in seven games. Now, look, Jimmy is on tour in China. He's having a good life. Grant has been, on, been touring podcast circuits as a Dallas Maverick, and he is still talking about game two. It's time to open up those hot summer
6: mics. We're playing that game. I think we're about eight. I'm playing well and Jimmy says like hell no, he ain't here Yeah, so I made it three. I said I said hell no, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And I say that to him Barker, Bark you know yeah. cuz it's not gonna let him. he said, no, I'm, no, not, no, for I'm sure. gonna always respond Like for I'm not, sure. gonna be a, I never, not gonna be that guy. I never talk trash myself. And You know this yes. I'm not a, I'm not a trash talk. I'm too nerdy. Next thing you know <laughs> Jimmy has he boom boom stop pivot. And one. Like, we're going back and forth. Because, like, me, I'm not backing down. Like, that's yeah. kind of what we, like, yeah. we were missing in that series. They were punking us the entire For time. Sure. For sure. So, we go back and forth, woot whoop, And it's crazy that I always look back at am like, yo, you know I scored our last 10 points? We win the game. No one brings that up. No mm-hmm. one says poke yeah. the bear or stuff like that. Sure. After the game, media, I was like, listen, bust my ass. Like, I'm going to be able to come back next game. Like, I'm not running from nobody. I'm not scared. Yeah. I could get punked. So, like, Jimmy knows, like, this is... All love because we're just competitors, like yeah. naturally. Today, okay, let me let me
1: first set this up. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and, and then I'm going to go to uh, – you know what, Today, I'm going to go to Big Perk because he's more of an agitator. I'll respect that True. that was his role. I love it from Grant Williams. At the end of the day, we saw that he was punking their entire team. So finally to have someone get up in Jimmy's face and at least try something, they did come back, they did battle. But Perk, what did you think about when you heard that?
3: I love it. I love it. And look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a franchise guy or not. Grant Williams was letting it be known that, hey, I'm here and I ain't backing down from nobody. We have to remember throughout the course of those last, throughout the course of the playoffs, Grant Williams was getting DMPs. And then all of a sudden, he actually came in to that Miami series and actually gave the Celtics a little bit of swag that they were lacking. For the tenacity part, doing the things that he needed to do offensively and defensively, I love Grant Williams. I hated that the Celtics let him walk out the door and go to the Mavericks, but I love Grant Williams everything
1: no. about it. No, I, I agree. Look, Grant Williams, he's bringing some much needed toughness to his new location in Dallas. They needed that. And look, the Dallas Mavericks, they brought back Kyrie Irving this summer to give the team their all-star backcourt along with Luka. They traded for Grant Williams, brought back Seth Curry, added some shooting. For a third stint, they brought back Seth Curry and added some athletic youth via the draft. Last year, role players Christian Woods still looking for a job and Reggie Bullock are no longer with the team. So, Zach, my question is you. Did the Mavericks do enough to crack the top six in the West?
4: It's going to be tight, and that's really because the West is that good. The Mavericks did a nice job with the resources they had. I think all those guys that you listed there, particularly Grant Williams, fit exactly what you want around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. The draft, that killed the draft. It was a great draft for them. But then you ask yourself, who's the third best player on the Mavericks? And then you start to realize – Man, there is a lot of talent in the Western Conference. Is their third best player, Maxi Kleba? Is it Grant Williams now, who's probably gonna start? His DNPs are over, and the West is just that good. So the fit, they nailed. The talent question to me, when you look at the Western Conference, there's no guarantee they're a top six team. And if they are, it's because those two dudes at the top of the roster are just so good offensively that no one's going to be able to stop them. But I don't know how they're going to be able to stop at least the best offenses in the West. It's going to be tight. They're right in the thick of it.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm with Zach. I see them at six at best. You know, Jason Kidd, he's definitely going to have at least an opportunity to bring their two superstars to training camp, get them under the same, you know, mentality. It's hard for superstars to come back in the in the middle of the season in a trade. Like everybody's not Paul Gasol, where you just get there and then you go to the finals. It's really, really hard to do. But I think they'll be better. They'll be on the same page. And also, I love Grant Williams. I love Seth Curry coming there. I expect second-year guard Jaden Hardy to, to really uh, give some impact, and I like the rookies lively and prosper. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with Zach. I don't see who the number three guy is. One of those guys get hurt. The stars get hurt. There's some issues there. But, hey, but with Luka and with Kyrie, they're capable of beating anybody on any given night.
3: You know what? I am putting I'm putting them in the top six. And when I look at their roster, I'm looking at Kyrie and Luca. When those two guys catch fire, it's a problem. They address the center position in my eyes. Adding Holmes and the kid Lively from Duke. I love what I saw out of Lively in summer league. And then the additions of Grant Williams. Obviously, he's a good, he's a great three and deep piece that's going to do everything he needs to do on both ends of the floor to make sure they get wins but Seth Curry was the un, un un like the one that went unnoticed in my eyes that everyone is not talking about. This is the guy that could come in and get you 16 to 18 points alongside Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and sometimes he could catch a flame where he could have a big night of going for a 30 piece. So when I look at them having a training camp together, I actually had the Dallas Mavericks in their top 6 uh, uh, conversation of making the postseason this year in the Western Conference.
1: Now, look, Janae, you're still riding high because Team Nigeria got the draw against Canada. I watched all of and, that in the last Women's night. World Cup. So did <laughs> I. I had to my girl, so, I see Yeah. Okay. I can't do that, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. So, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Will they make it in the top six?
2: I'm gonna say yes. And I'm going to give you a straight answer, yes. Because wow. I think that Grant Williams, sometimes little things go a long way. And Grant Williams joining that team, their defense is what struggled. And he's one of those players that will say, hey, let's play intense defensively. Let's share the ball offensively. He's one of those underrated, not like literal captains. but like a glue but guy. A glue guy. Because if you look offensively, they were six in offensive rating. And you know that Kyrie... And Luke are going to shoot 50% and 40% from three, from the floor and from three, respectively. Now, defensively, they were 25th in defense. Who's going to hold them accountable on a night to night basis? So many games in the NBA and say, hey, we need to be better on that end. It's not just Coach Kidd. You need someone that will hold their teammates, including Luke and Kyrie, to that standard. And Grant seems one of those glue guys, as you said, Richard, that can make that happen. So I feel optimistic about them, not putting them in top three, top four, but top six seems okay with me.
1: It's always funny hearing Coach Kidd. I don't I don't know why that will always last me. I know it's different for you, Maybe because huh? he was my bet when I got drafted, <laughs> but it's always funny hearing Coach Kidd. But coming up, the Aces are on a historic pace right now. But what will it take for Vegas to be called one of the greatest WNBA teams of all time? Next on NBA Today.
7: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: In the block, on
7: the net,
1: nothing but net. <laughs> Got a problem, probably never. Met them till I hate the kids, both cheeks chow. Better, run, but I'm used to the chatter because I'm Now, look, the Aces ran through the first half of the year and haven't slowed down coming out of the All-Star break. It's been... Don't look at me like that. I just... Look, Look, you're <laughs> over here with me. I just, Respect. Respect. They respect. have been very, very dominant. Let's check out their game last night because it was... Impressive. Today, today she, she got an attitude. Look, I don't I look. I don't know why. I don't, know, why. I don't know. This is their this is their, so first game. Team, this is their first game. This their first game after the All Star break. Finals
2: MVP, right? I mean, sorry, All Star MVP, Joel Lloyd. Yes. And what happens right there? ezzy Yeah. Block. She's an All Star. Yeah. Aja yeah, Wilson
1: with that block. 300th career block. She's the third fastest player in NBA history to reach 3,000 points. w 1,000 rebounds and. 300 blocks. The W. You're correct. I got you. We jump to the third quarter, and look, Jackie Young hits the step back three. Look, her so lethal.
2: Jackie Young, her face up shot, that improvement there, knocking down threes. I mean, when she sees one go down, she is streaky, but she is also very talented. Many more to come, unfortunately, for people like me.
1: All right, Jewel Lloyd, you know, leading scorer. This is what she does. Not having a great game, 12 points, but that's what happens against the Aces. Their defense, they're imposing. They got defense in the front court. They got defense in the back court.
2: And then they pass the ball really well. They shared, especially early offense is the name of the game for the Aces.
1: The Aces, and look, we're gonna jump to the fourth quarter. My girl Plum, come on, girl. Show 'em what you do. Why? Because you guys did an ad together. Woo, oh, what the dime. dime. No, yep. not because of the ad. Because her game is nice. Plum with 20 points, six assists. I like. Asia that. Wilson, 23 and 15. <laughs> She's nice. That's why. I see her out there giving people work. Now look, the few, the Aces improved to 20 and two and become the 15 to win. 20 of their first 22 games in a season in WNBA history. Each of the previous four teams went on to win the title. Now look, Vegas has completely dominated this season, outscoring opponents by more than 15 points a game. Have you played against them?
2: I remember the 2016 Sparks. You that's remember? the year my sister was MVP and that's the year they won the championships. Oh okay. Did not know that. Okay. That was a good
1: one. That was a good one, yeah. So that's what they're dealing with right now. The yeah, entire WNBA is dealing with this. So what is it going to take? Or let's just say slow down the Las Vegas Aces. I
2: mean it's really difficult difficult because when you acquire so many number one picks, you get Asia Wilson, you have Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and then you have so many players that just continue to develop their games, those included, so many All-Stars. Then you get Candace Parker, who I know has been out still, but still, like, it's, it's hard to stop them all. You take away one, another one goes off. You take away that first, another one goes off. The best chance you have is just using your depth. If you're able to just push the tempo and make them feel it because they play a lot of minutes. One of our friends here, our teammates is Coach Becky. She's done a great job in making sure that they manage games, but it is still the most difficult task right now in the WNBA to slow down the aces
1: but you talk about your depth we didn't even mention Candace Parker in that highlight she's still out with injury if they are a hundred percent healthy outside of your team obviously <laughs> do you see another team that poses an, uh, a difficult challenge to them
2: look I think health is the name of the game and they have been healthy and I think you know when you look at that Las Vegas overall in the WNBA a lot of people talk about oh the dynasty has it arrived well you have to win multiple championships in my opinion to start saying we are a dynasty they have an opportunity to do that this year now, Now, I know a lot of teams like the Connecticut Sun, the Washington Mystics, the New York Liberty will have something to say about that. You get in the playoffs, you have a chance. I mean, look at the Lakers. You get in, you sneak in. The Miami Heat, you get in, you sneak in, you can make a run. So I'm not saying that any team doesn't feel like they can go up against them. But the task is harder because they just did it. They bolstered themselves. Everyone knows that to be a dynasty, you have to win championships in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. They want to do that but I think teams will have something to say about that this year.
1: Oh, Okay, so you're taking Vegas or the field? Don't even do that to me. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. So All right, look, catch the Aces in action <laughs> tomorrow. Part of the WNBA. I'm trying to get me in trouble while I'm trying to do my yes. rehab
2: and my other job. Yeah, first, live.
1: first it's the sun and the dream at 1 Eastern, then it's Las Vegas. Squares off against the Minnesota Lynx. Coverage tips with WNBA countdown at 1230 Eastern. And speaking of the Sun, we need to give a quick shout-out to Connecticut Sun teammates. You want to give a shout-out? Alyssa Thomas and Duana Bonner, that's 18. we yeah, eight, that eight. was my buddy, that 18. That was your buddy. They announced their engagement today. Congrats to the both of Both all-stars available. as well. All right. Now look, the Kings, they just ended a 16-year playoff drought but couldn't get past the first round. Look, they went against the Warriors, you understand. How do they keep that being lit in Sacramento? Plus, the player that can put them over the top this season, that's next. Are you gonna tell us? I will tell you.
4: The Kings going to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. The Aaron Fox, the bonus and the brothers are bowling. And their offense is legit.
6: They made the smart plays, the tough plays, the big baskets. They were well coached.
1: Mike Brown is the coach of the year by a landslide. We ain't taking no shit from nobody.
3: Trust me on that.
1: They get easy shots really easily. Why don't we believe in them? Fourth quarter, Fox has been
6: activated. And the Sacramento Kings prevail. They vanquish the reigning champs.
1: Light the beam. Look, the Kings had a win total over under of 34 and a half last season, projected to finish 11th in the West by Caesar Sportsbook. They instead went on to win 48 games. That is their most in almost 20 20- Wow. Sacramento is returning most of its team from last season. Sabonis and Harrison Barnes signed contract extensions. They traded for Chris Duarte and sent Rashawn Holmes to Dallas. And expectations are now high in Sacramento. They have a win total of over under 45 and a half. That is their highest since the 05-06 season. They'll be looking to make the playoffs in consecutive seasons for the first time since their early 2000s. Wow. That's when I was a rookie. Crazy. uh, Last season, Monty mcnair won nba executive of the year and mike brown took home coach of the year for the second time and the kings look they are positioned they have positioned themselves this offseason to take the next step this fall mark my question to you do you think that they have positioned themselves to take that next jump this season
5: oh they're definitely going to be better next season you know i talked to mike brown and he's ecstatic that they basically brought the band back together sabonis Barnes, Lyles, they're all back. And I think people are sleeping on a couple of little things that the Kings have done. You know, now they got Duarte, who averaged 13 points as a rookie two years ago, coming in. The sharpshooter from Europe, Sasha Vensenkov. he was a 2023 EuroLeague MVP. I think they may expect him to give some shooting impact off the bench. And then they just saw Nerlens Noel, who, you know, will give them another uh, added depth to their bench as well. They got perhaps not one of the best the best bench in the league and so now you look at Keegan Murray as they say he looked amazing in summer league and he's been working with De'Aaron Fox the all-star every day so them having been under Mike Brown's system coming back I think they're going to be better than they were a year ago.
4: Look, that 45-and-a-half wins number, I like that because it's a little bit of a reality check. They won 48 games last year, and you say 45-and-a-half? That's that's a drop-off. But it doesn't always go like this, particularly in the Western Conference. And you know what? Whether it's 45, 49, 52, wherever it is, That's fine. The Kings are young. Even their star players are young. And they finally have a stable upward trajectory, no matter if they lose in the first round again or whatever it is. Long term, we know who their point guard is, De'Aaron Fox. He's a superstar. Domanta Sabonis is an all-NBA player. It's the three positions in between that that I think they have to figure out. Do we have enough with Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes? And when, because we have all our draft picks except one, when do we strike and try to upgrade those positions? And to me, that's why this year is about figuring out more what they have in Keegan Murray. How much can he do on both sides of the ball? How close can he get to being the third member of a true big three going forward? Because if he pops everything there changes and their plans can also change in terms of what they go out and try to get but they're fine kings fans enjoy it don't get hung up on the win totals and we got to get a higher seed this season it doesn't always work like that your team is fine finally
3: well it's not if keegan Murray is going to pop it's when he's going to pop and he's going to pop this season you know what i love this young man i'm watch i watched him in summer league and i know it's summer league, but it's not what he did. It's how he did it. He went in there and straight dominated. Looked like he put on, what, what is the spears, eight to ten pounds of muscle. They asked him to play summer league. He didn't gripe. He didn't complain. He was like, all right, Coach Brown, I got you. And he talked about how he's been working on his game to enhance and work on the parts that he needs to improve in because he want to be more than just a shooter. And so when I think about him, I think about how he averaged 12 points last season. And to be honest, he is going to be in the conversation for his most improved players. I believe he's going to take that big of a leap Well, he's going to average a dub this season. It's right in front of him. He averaged 30 minutes uh, last season. His minutes are not going to go down. It looks like he's in the lab working. He's with Fox every day. I have high expectations for this young man.
1: No, that's understandable. For the Sacramento Kings, there was a lot of disarray in the Western Conference. You had Phoenix Suns made a mid-season trade. Obviously, Memphis, who had been growing to be a powerhouse, they fell flat. The Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, they could not win a road game. So hopefully, or you know, hopefully for them, the Western Conference can still stay a little jumbled up and they can continue to stay dominant because they have been impressive thus far. But up next. You ever wonder what basketball would look like in a bouncy house? Look, we take a look at, we take a look at players with some of the best bounce in NBA history, and Perk is not on that list) <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Slam ball is back and it makes its long awaited return tonight on ESPN. Part basketball, part football, part hockey, all in a cage with trampolines. Oh, I cannot wait. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern from Las Vegas. Now look, it's time for a special top of the top, the top slam ball esque dunks ever. Are we ready? Yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. Airplane mode. Oh my gracious. This looks much better in slow motion. Here it comes. Crazy. Look at that. God. It looks like what? the Jordan sign. That is one man. I'm wow. sorry. Like, like <laughs> even Birdman. Birdman was like, oh. yeah, Birdman. Birdman, Birdman. Yeah, Birdman. And then VC, we know you can't have a highlight without Vince Carter. It is oh, impossible yeah, no. to have a dunk compilation without Vince Carter. Facts.
5: Don't put Alonzo Mourning in it. Don't put – oh, oh no, no,
1: come on. <laughs> greatest in-game dunker of all time. Oh, ever. Not even close. I think, no, greatest, Dominique dun- Wilkins, I, man. I think greatest dunker of all time. We're going to disagree on that, Mark Spears. And then Giannis in MSG. Yep, over. Tim Hardaway yep. Jr. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. You got John McEnroe Tom. going crazy. Like, what did I just see out here playing with these grown men? Jeez. Tim? That's different. Oh, no, you're talking better than man like that? Oh, but this is unfair. this That's child abuse. You can't do that to, to little Lucas. Dang. You can't. Look, like, come on. Like, that's to be an offensive foul. What are you, it's you saying? do you say something about babies
4: in the streets?
1: Yes. And then one of the best dunks in NBA history with the windmill. That was so clean. Again, certain dunks just look different in slow motion.
2: Like looking down at the rim. My
1: God. Clean. What he was able, man. Look, look. When the, I'm telling you, when the when the opposing bench goes crazy, that's when. It, and then Gary Neal, Gary Neal, I love you, you my brother, I miss you. Hit me up. But yeah, my bad. Look, in my defense, I was guarding Carmelo, so I wasn't supposed to leave and help at the nail. Gary came over late. Is that Emay getting crossed up? Come on, Emay.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was there. And then there's one more. And then there's one more. My guy, Big Perk, on the break. Yeah, Perk, show him how to do Big down. Perk. Oh, <laughs>
3: yeah, Perk, that's all for yeah, That's all for one leg. Oh, one. That's, that's a good leg. One leg. too. Oh, look at that. Yeah, nah, look at Ooh. the bounce.
1: Perk, oh. Perk, Perk's not allowed. Oh, Perk's not allowed to play in slam ball. He's not allowed to do that. But Spears, heard you got something you want to show us. What you got to show us?
5: Hey, remember when uh, Zach and Perk were hating me at me before the season started on the Kings? Look at this sign, man. Look at this Whatever. sign. Mark Spears was <laughs> right about the Kings. Of course Mark he, was. Was. He, was. He, was he was. right will see you guys